0: Hi team, welcome back to Becoming a Doctor. I'm Kira, a third year medical student at the University of Birmingham.
1: And I'm Lucy, a second year medical student at the University of Cambridge. Welcome back to our podcast series where we bring you honest insights about life as a medical student, discuss current affairs, and talk to guests to inform and motivate you on your journey to becoming a doctor.
0: Welcome to our Open Pod mini series where we interview medical students from all different medical schools. We'll pick their brains and ask all the important questions you would have asked on an open day. There's an awful lot to consider when choosing your medical school, but don't worry. We break it down with our wonderful guests to help you make the most informed decision possible. So don't let a global pandemic get in the way of choosing the medical school that's right for you.
1: So even if you're not in year 12, now is the best time to start prioritising what you want in your medical school. You'll be there for five or six years and you're definitely going to want to enjoy it. So make sure you think about location, the type of course, clinical contact and intercalation. And these are all things we're going to discuss with our guests in each of our open pod
0: episodes. Before we jump into this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on social media at How to Become a Doctor with Doctor spelled where we'll be posting behind the scenes, doing live Q and A's, and much more. So on today's episode, we're joined by Hader from Imperial. And um, without further ado, would you just be able to introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell them a little bit about you.
2: Yeah, so um, my name is Hader. I'm a first year medical student at Imperial College London. I'm currently in term three of uni, which is obviously being delivered from home.
0: That's fab. And we can jump straight into how the course is delivered at Imperial.
2: So um, at Imperial, we've, they've recently remade the entire course. So it is a lot more problem-based learning, team-based teaching. Uh, we have a couple more things online and there is a larger focus on clinical practice. So there obviously are still lectures, but a lot of modules are trying to shift towards team-based skills, things like tutorials, small group teaching. We have case study, central teaching, which happens throughout the year. And yeah, it's really great. I think I personally, I'm not one who likes to sit through long lectures, having things like kind of read out to me. And while that is necessary for some things, what I really appreciate is a lot of the time it's also followed up by a tutorial either later that week or on the same day and that means you really get a chance to actively learn and kind of more actively go through the things that you're being taught.
0: So what is a typical week like at Imperial?
2: Yeah in the average week we have actually not that many contact hours it's quite uh especially in first year you have a lot of control over your own time So they've hugely cut back on lectures compared to the current second years who are doing the old course. So in an average week, we might have maybe three lectures every Wednesday. That's quite standard. And then maybe three overall in the rest of the week. And then the rest of the time would be tutorials, GP placement, labs, anatomy room, things like that. Sometimes you may have more. You could have like that. Most we've had maybe like nine to ten lectures in a week. But it's never been hugely lecture focused. They're constantly trying to teach things in other ways.
0: I was just wondering, do you know why they changed the course? Or how, and how did you feel about being the first year of a completely like a revamped course?
2: So being the first year on the new course meant that we lose out on kind of, I think what a lot of medical schools have, which is like the older students note Bank. You know, they have past questions, they have resources, flashcards. And we obviously suddenly had none of that. The content is the same but in, large, mm-hmm. like, in large parts because medicine is medicine at the end of the day. You know, an arm will always be an arm. Mm-hmm. But there are certain, for example, like biochemical mechanisms, which they may have taught in old years, which they don't for us. Content from second year, which they shifted to first year. So it was a bit scary because generally you have that reassurance. Oh, you know, hundreds of, if not thousands of people have gone through this course before you have. You'll be fine. Yeah. But for us, it was very much treading new ground but what that did mean is faculty have been very very happy to talk about like take feedback on and change things in a very active way they're like okay cool Mm -hmm. we were testing that out we'll change that for next year and it's been really interesting to be on this kind of developing of a new course
0: i heard that instead of pbl imperial does team-based learning so how does that work
2: yeah, so um, I think there are two main things that are kind of like problems-based, team-based learning. One would be, like I mentioned, a standard tutorial in which then we may have a patient, they'll say, okay, here's a short patient like um, presenting complaint and a bit of history and they have some sort of endocrine condition related to whatever you learned in the previous mm-hmm. lecture. And then they would say, okay, from the history, what's important? What kind of questions would you ask? What kind of tests would you get? and you discuss that as a group of around 30-ish students, but with a tutor at the front, and they'll kind of, like, lead you on to the correct answers, and then um, you go through the case, and you fill it in, and they'll give you some results. What do you find from this? What does that mean? Okay, now what's your diagnosis? And in that, they revisit the concepts you just went over and maybe add a bit of detail. And the second kind of TBL thing we have is our cases module, which runs throughout the year, and you have a number of set cases And that's a completely separate module. And what you get is allocated some pre-reading around that kind of condition. So, for example, it might be like respiratory disorders. So you might have something like asthma and they'll give you some pre-reading about that. And then they have some Mm -hmm. fictional patients and these patients have like a whole history you get to go through. And then in the actual session, you have a group of six and you're allocated tasks like to do In real time. So, for example, they might show you a diagram and say, okay, here is a a, a mechanism for a medication. Can you find out what molecules A, B, C, and D are and what they do and what they affect? And then in real life, you research that as a group of six and you discuss it, then you present your answers. And there's around six groups of six in the room in total. And so, in that way, the teacher facilitates you going through, and that is almost entirely student guided learning. So, you very much research the answers yourself. As you go along and they ask the questions and then correct and lead the discussion in that way.
0: Yeah. So are you in the same group for or like so when you're learning anatomy, when you're doing the um, cases, are you in the same groups or do you mix it around at all?
2: So you have a group of six who stick with you for essentially everything. They are your clinical placement group. They're your anatomy group, your tutorial group and your cases group. You have a separate six for living anatomy which is like clinical skills using the stethoscope things like that that group is the only separate six you have but the other six stay with you for everything else and then I think in year two you you keep your six but you're paired with another six slightly larger group activities
1: so one of the concerns that some people Mm -hmm. sometimes have with problem-based learning or is that sometimes the learning can become too self-directed so you don't really understand yeah like you, you don't have as much teaching from facilitators and lecturers and you have to do a lot of it yourself so you end up doing so much work outside of your normal contact hours do you find that imperial or do you think it's quite well balanced I
2: think it's quite well balanced only because what they do after our tutorials and our cases is they'll either release the tutor's notes which is what notes the tutor was given because obviously these are practicing clinicians who may not have very recently revised pituitary adenomas or whatever so they get given the information that they're meant to lead our discussion on so we get those notes and in cases we get post-reading as well which kind of outlines the kind of cool messages we should have gotten and then the slides from the actual the filled in slides from the actual session which means that you get a consistent amount of information out so that you know what will be assessed as well as something to guide you through your revisions and I think also one thing that's really nice is within our year everyone's just very very willing to share information in notes especially because it's kind of like we're the first kind of guinea pig year a great culture of we want everyone to kind of get through this and so you kind of get that information from everyone else as well.
0: So earlier you mentioned living anatomy what about normal anatomy how is that taught?
2: So um, the way anatomy works is in year one, every other week, you're given some pre-reading to do, which is the bulk of the content. So instead of a lecture, you might have like an hour's worth of pre-recorded like materials. So someone describing diagrams, explaining things to you and occasionally reading, but most of it's done through videos because it's very visual. And then some mini quizzes. You just have to kind of get through that in your own time over the course of the week. And then the following week, you have a face-to-face anatomy session, which is about an hour and a half. And it's pro-section based. So everything's already cut up and you follow instructions given to you and your team as well. Follow the instructions and identify the structures that you learned about previously. as a kind of consolidatory opportunity for you to be like, okay, I've learned. And then there are facilitators who'll come around and they often have specific things they're going to try and like test you on and explain to you. Often the more difficult to understand things. And then following every um, prosection dissecting room session, we have living anatomy, which we do some clinical skills, for example, like listening to the heart if we've just done the thorax.
1: Did it used to be dissection? Have they that now changed that to prosection?
2: Yeah. So all of the years above us still do dissection years two and three. So I think the rationale they've explained to us is because very early on, they want us to learn anatomy as opposed to any sort of particular dissecting skills i think the anatomy is the core focus and often especially very early on in training someone may cut right through you know a nerve they're meant to be identifying and that's kind of counterproductive they said in late in year two we might have some more superficial dissecting but the focus is the anatomy and initially i didn't like but i think now i really do appreciate what they meant looking at the specimens it would be very difficult for me to Learn the same amount if I was cutting through it myself. And we do have an amazing surgery society who give us a lot of opportunities to do actual surgical techniques, like things like tendon repairs or um,
0: suturing. Amazing. I think we've got a really good picture now of what the years will look like. So let's move on now to intercalation. So, is that compulsory at Imperial? And if it is, do you have to stay there? Are you able to go anywhere else?
2: So, yeah, intercalation is a set part of the course in fourth year. You are allowed to apply to, I think, any other medical school who offer external students to intercalate there. And other students often come in. So, we have a lot from the other London universities UCL, KCL, Queen's. There are a lot of different courses. So Imperial has a business school, so you can intercalate and do a course in business. There are a number of different scientific courses that you'd expect from a medical school. I can't remember the list off my head. There are things like surgical like technology research, which is, I think, with our bioengineering department. So there is a large
0: range there. And then what about early clinical experience? So
2: within first and second term, you know how I said we have anatomy every other week. Alternating with that, we have our GP placement days. So we have I think a total of eight GP sessions over the first two terms. And then in third term, we have a two week hospital placement, which unfortunately this year was cancelled. And then in year two we have two sex placements. So so I think it shifted a lot more towards early clinical contact, which is I think really
1: exciting. Yeah, definitely. So after you've done those first two quite preclinical years, you then do your third year, which is when you start going into placement more regularly on a daily basis?
2: Yeah, so in third year we have, it's essentially three long placements with a short teaching section at the end of each term. That is one medical, one community and one surgical.
1: Okay, so we've talked now a lot about being a medical student at Imperial, but what is it like being a, a student in general at Imperial and in London?
2: It's really nice, I think, because firstly, within the medical school, there's like this great sense of community. I was expecting it to be quite scary because Imperial, obviously, I think as a sciences uni has a reputation of being very, very academic and scary and kind of heads down. But I was surprised straight off the bat. Everyone was really, really friendly. It actually surprised me. I expected to be scared, but it was really, really fun. There's a lot of kind of culture of supporting each other and kind of, you know, have fun. The advice we got even from professors straight off the bat in term one, in week one, I think it was, one of the professors who's the head of our first module said, if you leave here with, with only a degree, you've done it wrong. And they were always encouraging us to get involved in societies. I think Imperial has nearly 400 different societies, which I think is the most out of any uni in the UK, which is like, there is a, a ridiculously large amount of societies And they really encourage you to get involved in as much as possible. I really love that. And then being a med student in London and a student in London also means that you have access to all of the other events that are happening at other unis as well. So often at our large events, you'll have students from KCL, students from UCL, because they're literally around the corner. And We go to events at their unis. And it's very mixed like that. I know there are inter-London medical school sports competitions and sports league. And they do things like quizzes where like the five medical schools in London will go like up against each other. And it's really fun like that. And I think also just because, as I mentioned, yeah. there are fewer contact hours than in the previous courses. You have a lot more control over your time in first year. And that also really lends itself to just branching out.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a really great environment to be in. So I think that it brings us on to quick fire time.
0: Yes. So first of all, what is the best thing about Imperial?
2: I would say the best part about Imperial, it's the freedom you have over your own time. And they try and link everything they can into here is how you might use this in clinical practice, as well as kind of encouraging you to talk to other people and be a team. So I think kind of that focus on the very human aspect.
0: Fabulous. What's the hardest thing you found about studying medicine so far?
2: I think what was shocking for me and I think is common for a lot of people going into medicine is it's very, very cliche if you're a med student first year, but you've heard it's so different <laughs> from A-level Yeah. in that, you know, I walked out of my first lecture completely dumbfounded because I didn't understand the content and it took me until the end of second term to realise you you'll, you will never understand anything the first time at med school. Like in 90% of cases, you're not meant to walk out of the lecture understanding what went on and that was hard to come to terms with after sixth form where the aim of the lesson is to make sure you're confident with what you've just learned whereas at med school it's like we've given you the materials you probably need to go over it at least once more and before you understand it and then you need to revise
0: yeah I think sometimes it's a case of the more you know the easier it gets which sounds backwards but me that was definitely the case then things started slotting into place and making more sense the more I knew which sounds scary but it's very true.
2: <laughs> yeah there was a point in the end of second time where it clicked suddenly I went from knowing pretty much nothing I felt like I'd learned nothing new to I know a lot
0: yeah so even though everyone talks about it, so much to do and so much to cover actually once you kind of get a grip on it you feel very satisfied and it's, it's it's very it's a very good feeling yeah okay brilliant why did you personally choose imperial so
2: this is an interesting one because UCL was always my dream and then I got my offer and then I had my imperial interview so I Mm -hmm. wasn't I think I was significantly less stressed and so I just went in there and you know I did my interview and I realized I enjoyed it so much more. What about the interview made you enjoy it more? Firstly they had a student on the panel who kind of dropped in their kind of ideas of the union. that was interesting for me they kind of spoke a bit about how social life is very very important in within the medical school they really encourage you to get involved in societies and then the way the staff kind of Interacted, I guess they were mm-hmm. all very friendly, laughing along, and then willing to answer questions. I think it just kind of—they all seemed to be more excited mm-hmm. about their course. I, I don't know how to phrase that. Like they seemed very enthusiastic about what they were doing. They were like, "Yeah, we really love it here. We think we yeah. it would be really great." And then just talking to students at Imperial and at the other offers I had, they spoke about this kind of community vibe that I was talking about. How people are really willing to support each other and get involved, and you know, they are having a lot of fun.
0: Fantastic. And then finally, some of our listeners are considering applying to Imperial because they requested this episode. So I was wondering, do you have any top tips for people to applying to Imperial? Anything they should maybe talk about interview or make sure they know? So a
2: very common thing they do like to bring up is extracurriculars. So I'd say definitely have an idea of what more you can bring. So what societies are you interested in being part of? I would take a look at their very, very long list of societies and think a bit about what you can get involved in. I'd say also just relax. I think because Imperial is like the sciences uni people think they need to go in, you know, stocked up with like clever words and terms and articles. Mm-hmm. But I think they are just looking because if you get the interview, they think you can do well. So I think you need to show them that you're the kind of person they want. So relax, have fun with it. Make sure you know the course and make sure you know what to expect. I think there are a lot of things online you can find which tell you the kinds of standard questions. Make sure you have answers.
0: Out of interest, did you have any research, any background or science behind you when you applied? Any projects you'd done before applying? Yes, yeah, so I did an EPQ,
2: which wasn't science based, mm-hmm. but it was research. It was about education yeah. for deaf students. And they did ask me a bit about that. And I just made sure I read articles and I was up to date on the news. So I think for anyone applying next year, know a bit about how the NHS fared with the virus. Read the British Medical Journal or some sort of online science and medical news because they also ask, tell me about something you've read, either research or an article. And they also expect you to explain to them what you found interesting, why that links into medicine, what you think about it. So I'd say just read around. Don't force it just read until you find something genuinely interesting because that's what they're looking for they're looking for a genuine interest
0: well thank you ever so much that was such a fantastic episode you're so insightful you know your course inside out which is brilliant and thank you ever so much yes thank you so much we hope you enjoyed today's
1: episode if you did find it helpful please do share this podcast with others who may also benefit
0: Make sure you hit subscribe to be notified when our next episode is released and leave us a review if you're enjoying the podcast. And make sure to follow us
1: on Instagram at how to become a doctor with doctor spelt Dr. for exclusive quizzes, behind the scenes content and to stay up to date with all things how to become a doctor. Don't forget to follow at Medic mentor
0: 2 to learn more about other opportunities to enhance your application. Please do comment under the Instagram posts for each episode if you've got any thoughts, questions, things you like, things we could do differently and what you'd like us to talk about next because... We obviously want to do everything we can to support you and let us know. And we are very receptive. That's all. So take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye.